Are we poor? Shared stories of single mothers struggling to overcome poverty and adversity by using their wit, grit, and just refusing to quit. So get your earbuds on and join us in this Me Too movement mashup of mothers, actors who play them, lawyers who represent them, and theater professionals who are telling Chelsea's story on stage. To inspire mothers around the world to live boldly and instill greatness in their children. Hello and welcome to the Mommy Are We Poor podcast. I'm Richard Ravosa, your host, and over the coming episodes, we're going to do a deep dive into the many dimensions of how poverty affects single mothers and their families. We're going to view these often disturbing issues through the twin lenses of drama and reality. In this case, it's art imitating life all the way as we explore these deep and dark trenches together. Mommy, Are We Poor is a full-length stage play, an epic tale of poverty in America set against the backdrop of the Me Too movement. It's the story of Chelsea, a widowed single mom in her 30s, living in a rundown inner-city apartment with two young kids, two jobs, a married boss with questionable motives, and a deadbeat ex who doesn't pay his child support. Her world begins to crumble after receiving an eviction notice, a credit card lawsuit, and almost having her car repossessed just in time for Christmas. Through these podcasts, we're going to be interviewing guest mothers, and we have one on the line now. Let's uh, see if she's there. Uh, Hello, Sally. Are you there? Hi. Yes, Richard, I'm here. Hi, Sally. Thanks for joining us. Uh, How's everything going with you today? I'm quite well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. So we'll dive right into the questions. We have a little less than 30 minutes uh, to talk together. So uh, what have you either in the past or now struggling with as a mother? Like many young mothers, um, I was married at 19. Um, (laughs) So um, I lived paycheck to paycheck. Um, And well, my circumstances have improved. Um, markedly. I'm 43 now. <laughs> um, it's no way smooth sailing. Um, uh, a little a bit of my backstory. Uh, I was married at 19 and I had three children um, with my spouse. Um, and we struggled, but we always managed to, to, you know, have what we needed, but we lived humbly. Um, but, you know, my spouse left us at, you know, nearly 10 years of marriage. Um, he wanted to live the life of a bachelor. And so I was faced with paying for everything on my own, um, raising an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old, and having no work experience because, you know, I went right out of college um, to, you know, having no work experience, um, no child support. Um, I was terrified. So, you know, back then, uh, I was just, uh, just really struggling with, you know, how, what do I do? How do I do this? How do I do this on my own? Um, whereas now I've just got life experience behind me, and sure. um, I'm not really with that so much anymore. <laughs> well, so that's uh, awfully young to be married, 19, three kids, uh, and then you said your husband left after 10 years. So what what changed for your kids after your husband left, if anything? Um, they they didn't have a dad. You know, and 
so I had to step into the role of both mother and father. And, you know, I think, I think as a young person, you don't, you don't really realize what that entails. You just do it. And, you know, we, as moms, you know, we don't, you don't think about it. You, you just, you just do it. And like, I took on a job as a Cadillac parts girl. Um, I was working part time and the money was decent because the job was kind of a niche job. And, um, you know, so I, I worked as many hours as I could and, um, I went and I sought help. You know, I went to, um, the food stamps people and I got food stamps and I went and I got, um, I tried to get welfare. I couldn't get welfare because, you know, making the, you know, the money that I was making, um, working the hours that I was working, I I couldn't get the help. So, you know, my kids, you know, they, the only thing they really missed out on was having a father. Um, But because I asked for help, you know, they, they, they didn't really notice they were little. (laughs) Wow. That's, that's terrific. So, how did that make all you feel? Were you stressed out? Or was it a day-to-day stressful situation, or was it up and down? Or I was scared to death. You know that that was like, I mean, like I was, you know, 27, um, and you know, as much as we think we know everything, and it's funny because, like I said, I'm 43 now. As much as we think we know everything, when you know we're in our late 20s, you know, yeah. and you know, it, it, it's like. I did not know where my next meal was coming from. <laughs> I all I knew is I was making, you know, peanut butter and jelly and eating ramen noodles and you know, my my kids' bellies were full, um, but like I was scared. And um I I I actually remarried out of fear because I didn't know like what 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 was I gonna do? Um, was I gonna be able to pay the rent? Was I going to be able to keep the lights on? Was I going to be able to, you know, keep the heat on? Um, you know, I, I I got married to someone I went to high school with who I thought was reliable and secure. Um, I used to date him when I was in high school, so I thought he was, you know, a safe bet. Um, yeah. And it turns out that he was an abusive alcoholic, and I ended up being in that marriage for nearly seven years. Um, and there was no way out at that point because I had gotten myself into a situation where I was now financially dependent on someone who was mentally and physically abusive. And um, although I didn't think my kids were seeing it, they were seeing it in different ways. Um, and so what had happened was I needed to leave this abusive marriage under protective custody. Um, I had to take my children with nothing but the clothes on our backs and, a, you know, and a trash bag full of our, you know, closest possessions, you know, a blankie and a, you know, a, a, some underwear and some clothes. We had to go live with a, a good friend and we stayed in their basement for four months. Um, so that was, that was a really, a really tough thing. And that affected the kids in a big way. And we were, we were in a real, a real bad spot, but it was what was best for my children. And we had nothing, but we had each other. Right. 
so that that eventually resolved. You got out of the basement after four months, and and then what was the next move after that? So the next move after that, and this is what I tell everybody, is um, you need to utilize all the resources that are out there um, for single parents, and they are they are out there, but it is not yeah. easy to find them. It's not easy to access them, and if you are not, you know, savvy in, you know, computer technology or, you, you know, you don't know the lingo, um, it can be very difficult. But there are resources out there to assist, you know, struggling parents and struggling women and, you know, victim of abuse. But, you know, DCF is an advocate. DCF is there to help you. Um, it doesn't always seem like that for some people, but yeah. um, I utilized my resources, and I I was part of a program called Home Base, and this program was there to help um, victims of abuse to get on their feet. Um, and what they did was they offered women um, the option of being in a shelter, or you could go into uh, what was a, like a residential program where they helped you to, you know, get a get a, a a place to live, and you yep. had to show the ability to pay. You had to be able to pay for it. And where I was in a position where I hadn't really worked, I had just been raising kids, um, I had to get a job, and I had to work a lot to be able to pay for um, an apartment. And rent is not cheap. Utilities are not cheap. <laughs> so right. um, I did, and I was able to do that. And um, it was very, very difficult, but 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 I did it. <laughs> did you find it difficult to ask for help initially, or was it just so apparent you just had to do what you had to do? I think the most difficult part is, well, there's different kinds of difficulty. There's one, getting over your pride, you know, and, and <laughs> accepting the fact that you didn't fail in that yeah. happened. You made a, You made a bad choice. Get over your bad choice, suck it up, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and do what's right for yourself and your kids. So that's, that's difficult. Um, and then the other difficulty is, you know, yeah, is accessing these resources, finding the help. Um, but that's, that's, that's hard, you know, because it is, it is difficult to find these things um, if you're not in the know and you don't know who to ask. I think a lot of times there's language barriers I think a lot of times people aren't, they don't know where to go. They don't know who to ask. So right. that, that was hard. Right, right. So what, what does poor mean to you? What, what defines, uh, did you feel poor? Did you think you were just low income or uh, lower middle class or struggling? What, what, or, or was that not even a consideration? Oh, no, I knew I was poor. <laughs> I knew I was poor because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't buy a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> I mean, I was checking, wow. you know, the chains in the crevices of, you know, the car. I mean, we did have a car, but it wasn't a car that I bought. It was a car that my parents were letting us use, you know. Yeah. Um, we, we couldn't – that was it – was, it's even something we reflect on to this day as, as, a, as a mindful gratitude. When I, you know, I say just let's reflect and remember – that, you know, just six short years ago, we didn't have toilet paper. We had to scrounge for change to go to the dollar store to buy toilet paper, you know. So we were sure. poor. Um, and 
we had to go to the food pantry for food, um, you know, and we were grateful for it because, you know, you can be poor financially, but I, I feel like, you know, as long as you have each other, and I know how silly and cheesy that sounds. <laughs> no, no. You have, that's... Your health, <laughs> you have one another and you have love, then that's, that's the kind of, of wealth that, a lot of people don't have it all, you know, so we had that. And then that's, I think, what got us through. And, and my children will still talk about that to this day. So I'm grateful for that. Very, very well said. So, you know, you may, may have been financially not well off, but certainly wealthy in terms of love and spirit and family. And that, that sounds uh, like it helped get you through. It surely did. Yeah. So how important was having that positive attitude in overcoming these challenges? I mean, it's it's absolutely key, absolutely the most important thing. And unfortunately, I think it's what's missing in a lot of these situations is because without positivity, you, I, I don't think you can overcome anything. And, I agree. When you're, when you're down and out and you can't pay your bills and you can't feed your family, and, you know, you're cold and you can't keep the heat on. And, I mean, you know, we're fortunate because we live in a state where, you know, they don't shut the heat off necessarily when in the cold. But, you know, you still you, – that doesn't mean you don't worry about it, you know. Of course. Um, but, you know, depression is real. And it's it's a problem where if you're not getting the help that you need to treat your mental health and well-being, if you're not being, you know, the best version of yourself – for you, you can't be the best version of yourself for your children. So you're not able to take care of them in every way possible. You're not able to go out and work hard and pay your bills and keep the lights on and keep food on the table. So it's a whole cyclical process of well-being for everybody in your family. Yeah. And it's just, it's just tough, you know. So that positivity, I mean, we're never all 100% on our game, you know. Right. But you, you need to try, and, and trying means having resources available. And, and, you know, that comes with, you know, and and you need that, and you need to be okay. <laughs> yeah. So during that uh, difficult time, do you think your children knew that, that you guys were poor? or When do you think uh, they sensed there was a difference between your family and other families in the community? I definitely think my oldest two children knew um, because so I, I, when we were, when we were, you know, living in the basement of my friend's house, which was not, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a finished basement. <laughs> you know, we weren't sleeping on a concrete glass. We were, you know, well taken care of. Um, but I definitely think, you know, that they knew my oldest two knew because, my oldest child, who is now 23 years old, um, she talks about it, and she's very open about it because she's very successful. She has a great job. She has a great home of her own now. Um, but she talks about how, you know, we started from the bottom, now we're here, you know. Um, and she says, I'm, you know, I'm a hard worker because of the example my mom set. Um, and, and it's important to recognize that, you know, we – what we didn't have to appreciate what we do have now. Um, and for my son, um, who's 20 years old now, um, 
he struggled a lot with not being in the same place, you know, financially because he was a musician and he was pretty popular in school, you know, at this time. And he wasn't able to do all the same things the other kids were. Um, you know, I wasn't able to give him music lessons. I wasn't able to give him, um, you know, driving lessons and all of the things that all of the other kids were doing. Um, I was grateful we had some, you know, friends of his that were very good to us. And we've always had people that were very good to us that helped. So, but it was, it was very noticeable that they felt it, you know, I wasn't able to always pay for the field trips and I wasn't always able to do the little extra things. Um, And that hurt, but my kids were always understanding, which always made it a little more sad for me is they were so good and understanding about it. Um, Which I think is is, is a test of their character. It's a test of how well I raised them, but it 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 didn't make it any easier. (laughs) No, I I hear you. I mean, I'm a big believer in adversity builds character, or it can anyway. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. And and during your uh, difficulties, had you ever been faced with being evicted uh, through the court process or threatened to be thrown out of your uh, home? Was that ever an issue? No, um, no, because my rent was always my priority. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to go without something else, rent always got paid. So let's talk um, about that. Was, did you ever did you ever have to make those types of choices? What am I going to go without this month, this week? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, every month. Um, I, I. After I, after my second divorce, I was very cognizant about spending. Um, I tried to not get into any debt, um, which is a real concern. And also, I didn't have the opportunity to get into debt because I had nothing. So it was also a time where, you know, they weren't really giving out credit cards you know, like they used to. So it wasn't like I could just go get a credit card and then start charging things. So that was actually a good thing um, because I'm not sure that I would have abstained from that. I would have probably done that um, because I, you know, it's what you do to survive. Uh, But I, I, I did definitely go without things, you know, it was like, I never, I never had, you know, the luxury of getting my nails done or toes done or anything like that. That was out of the question. Um, but, you know, it was $25 of groceries a week as opposed to $75 of groceries a week. For, so for I four went, of you. So, for four of you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you'd be surprised, and anybody listening who has struggled knows how far you can make $25 go. Trust me. <laughs> if wow. you have $25 and you go to the food pantry, you can make that work. And yeah. if that's you what it. you have to do, that's what you have to do. And, and, and again, utilizing the resources that are available to you, if your kids can get free lunch and you can, and you can go to the food pantry, you can feed your family for a week. And that's what you did. And rinse and repeat, <laughs> you know, yeah, that, until that's things it. You, get you, better. You've you got to eat every day, especially kids. And you've got to keep a roof over your head. 
And it's Absolutely. like, and if it meant calling the, the electric company and saying, I am not going to be able to pay the light bill this month because X, Y, and Z, I mean, they listen. They don't listen for three months in a row, <laughs> but right. they listen yeah. and they're understanding. Yeah. And so they say, well, can you pay this much? Can you pay that much? And, you know, then it's robbing Peter to pay Paul month after month, really. Yeah. But from what I'm hearing from you, you were proactive right out of the gate and, and just spoke yep. up and, and wouldn't take no for an answer. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> During some of your difficulties, did you ever have utility shutoff notices? Did that ever worry you, the, the lights or the heat or utilities get shut off? Uh, every month I got notices for years. Um, and it's living your life in complete, like, it's a different fear. So I went from living in fear of, you know, the mental and physical abuse. First, you know, the first 10 years of marriage was, was great. And I had this wonderful, you know, family and not a worry in the world. Then fear of being, how, what the hell am I going to do? And then fear of this horrible person that I'm living with. And then fear of another, what the hell am I going to do? Because it was just, it's just, it was just worry, worry, yeah. constant worry. And, um, you know, my, my family, my mother and father, you know, they're very faithful people. Um, they were, I was uh, raised, kind of lost that as an adult. And so I really, I didn't pray, you know, although my family did, they prayed for me. And my mother would say, put your faith in God. And I, I, that really wasn't for me. So yeah. I would put my faith in myself. And I felt like, Worrying is counterproductive because sure. worrying is not going to get me anywhere. So I needed to not worry and just have faith in everything that I do is going to get me to the point where I'm not going to have to worry anymore. And as long as I continue on, you know, <laughs> a, a righteous path <laughs> for myself and my family, I'm going to get to a point where this is no longer going to be a concern. And it you didn't did matter. It. You, you I, actually did I, it, but I you, did, you but got there. I still there. worried. I still worried. <laughs> so, um, it it, but it took time. It took time. So, yeah, that, that's the other thing that uh, you know some people struggle with that we help at our, our debt relief foundation in Massachusetts. They're they're so down and out and. Uh, you know, I try to, to, to lift their spirits and let them know this is a temporary situation and you have to put one foot in front of the other and we can help you. But eventually you'll be walking on your own and you are an inspiration to these people, Sally. Thank you. I will say that one of the things I had to do after my, my first divorce was I used a debt relief service um, and because I was left with a considerable amount of debt, actually um, $15,000 of debt that my ex-husband yeah. had left us with credit card debt. Yeah. Um, and we ended up selling the vehicle to pay off half of that debt. But then I was left with about $7,500 of credit card debt um, that I had 
really no idea existed because it was being the credit cards had been used to buy groceries and things and these things that you should never use credit cards to buy because yeah. you never have any show for it. <laughs> and right. um, I had this consumer credit counseling was a, was a credit counseling service that existed, you know, 20 years ago, I think. Right. And um, it assisted us, or, you know, me and my kids in paying off that debt. And it was a great program. It really did help us. And I was able to pay off that debt on my own. And so any kind of service that assists, you know, people in paying off debt is wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. They did help uh, them. <laughs> what was rock bottom for you? When you look back at those, you know, 20 odd years, what, what was rock bottom if you had to pinpoint a moment or an event? Um. I think that rock bottom was the day that, you know, I, I, I tell, I talk about how we, you know, we had to leave with nothing on to put the clothes on our back and all that, but that was not rock bottom. <laughs> rock bottom was about six months previously before we left when it was, I want to say it was Easter and my ex-husband had made a comment that he was going to put a bullet in my head if I was try- if I ever tried to leave him, and he had oh been drinking. Goodness. And um, I didn't, I never put too much stock in what he said because he was he was scary and drunk, and uh, you know, I tried to just always make light of the things he said because that was like a defense mechanism, you know, yeah. no, he doesn't mean it, you know? Um, but it scared the crap out of me. And I remember that we were living in an apartment and taking my children and uh, my, my stepchildren who were happened to be there at the time and just bringing them downstairs to the neighbor's apartment and just being so shaken and making the decision at that time that I couldn't do this anymore. Yeah. And, I needed to get out and remembering that I had, they had said, if you want to leave, we will help you, but you need to decide to make the move. And it was then and there I decided that I was done and I was leaving and it was going to take time for me to be able to, you know, lay the groundwork to get out. And it took, it took about six months to, you know, decide to get out and, 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 and do it. So that was the bottom. That and it was, it was a whole process, really. But yeah. And you, and you it. did it. And you did it. You came out, and and, and here you are today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Well, what a great uh, story. What a great inspiration you are. And I, I can't thank you enough for sharing uh, those those things with us and our listeners. And I, I wish you all the best. Your children are lucky to have you as their mother, Sally, and. I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. Right. And I'm I'm so great, and you're doing a great thing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yep. So that was Sally. Uh, she certainly had uh, quite a uh, a run of events uh, with her young children, as we heard, and um, tremendous inspiration, tremendous uh, input for 
people struggling today to use the resources that are available. If you have uh, internet access or if you don't, go to a local library and uh, get on the internet and find out what is available for benefits in your community uh, and never try to uh, do too much. Ask for help. Uh, you're only one person, but if you band together, you'd be surprised at what you'd accomplish. So please join us next time as we weave the dramatic yarns of Chelsea's story with the fabric of the law that combine to become the imperfect but authentic tapestry of life viewed through the immediacy of live theater. And look for our episodes each week on Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And leave us a review if you're so inclined. Thank you for listening. For additional resources and showtimes, connect with us at mommyarewepoor.com.